welcome to Brain Chat with the Nerdy Neurologist. I'm Dr. Mitzi Joy Williams, and I'm your board-certified neurologist and MS specialist. My mission is to engage, educate, and empower those affected by MS to become an active part of their healthcare team. Here on Brain Chat, we'll be talking all things MS, health and wellness, advocacy, and we'll throw a little bit of music and music therapy in there as well. Thank you so much for joining us, and stay tuned for the next episode. Hello, hello, happy Monday, and welcome to Brain Chat. I am so very excited uh, to be here with you all this evening, and this show is going to be awesome. I know I say it every show, but I really, really mean it this time. So we have got a great topic that we're going to talk about, and I've got two amazing experts that are going to talk all things cannabis. We're going to talk about THC. We're going to talk about CBD. We're going to break it all the way down. So I am super excited about this conversation. Um, and about the folks that I have with me tonight. I'm going to introduce our amazing guests. So we're have, we have tonight um, Dr. Ben Thrower, who is a neurologist and the medical director of the Andrew C. Carlos MS Institute at Shepherd Center here in Atlanta. So we are neighbors. Um, he attended undergrad at Florida State University, medical school at the University of Florida, and did his neurology training in Texas um, in San Antonio. He is the senior medical advisor for MS Focus, and he co-authored Navigating Life with MS for the American Academy of Neurology. Um, he has been a principal investigator, which is a researcher uh, or head researcher for over 70 clinical trials. And you know, Dr. Mitzi loves research, but we're not going to get into that tonight. Um, and he and his pediatrician wife, um, Karen, serve on the board of Communidad Connect and provide medical care to underserved areas in rural Nicaragua. And they are also part-time pirates and avid Harley Davidson fans. So fun facts about Dr. Thrower. Very excited to have him. And our other guest is Janine Hunter. She's from Buffalo, New York. She got a BA in public communication and a minor in creativity and innovation at SUNY College at Buffalo. Uh, she attended Howard University and got her master's of fine arts in film, worked as a TV and film producer for over 20 years. Turner Broadcasting, PBS, you name it. She has an M and um, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2011, made some changes, focuses on mindfulness as well as having an optimistic outlook in life. And she also owns uh, the CBD American Shaman of Smyrna, a boutique um, CBD and holistic wellness store in Smyrna, Georgia. We're also neighbors. So this is going to be an amazing action-packed episode of Brain Chat. Um, and I can't wait to have our guests come and join me. All right, Dr. Thrower hey, and Janine, welcome to Brain yeah. Chat. <laughs> All right. Welcome, welcome. All right. So let's hop right into it because we got a lot we have to cover and we don't have a lot of time. All right. So first, just tell us a little bit about yourselves um, and kind of your interest in uh, the space talking about cannabis, CBD, etc. We'll start with Dr. Thrower. Hey, well, thank you so much for inviting me. And, and uh, I think like a lot of people in, in, the, in the, the medical world, we're learning as we go along. So in the multiple sclerosis world, so many of our individuals with MS had an interest in cannabis. What can it do for my MS? What can it do for my symptoms? Where can I get it? What's safe to use? What are the side effects? So as, as people with MS were more interested, I think it was our duty as 
healthcare providers to become knowledgeable and to help uh, serve as guidance counselors. The laws are changing, and so we all had to kind of learn uh, as that's that's gone along. So I've had a big interest in you know how cannabis can help our patient population. I've worked quite a bit with the Georgia legislature on helping get some of our local laws in the state of Georgia passed as well. Awesome, awesome. What about you, Janine? Mm-hmm. So how do I get into, how did I get into CBD and cannabis? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll try to keep this short. Um, Long story short, as you know, from like when you reading my bio, I started off in TV and film. And when I started producing on that level, it's very stressful. And I think that triggered some things inside of me where um, I started having symptoms. And Long story short, throughout the years, I ended up being diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis. So um, when that happened, um, I was in Washington, D.C., and Washington, D.C. had um, medical marijuana was legal. So I had a medical marijuana card, wasn't like a marijuana smoker or anything like that to really want to be high all the time, but I wanted to find relief for my um, my MS symptoms. So I went to a dispensary that was started by a family whose father had multiple sclerosis. Um, when I went in there, the daughter uh, was the one who actually worked with me. And I told her I had MS and she's the one who was like, introduced me to CBD because she said CBD was really good for folks who had autoimmune diseases. I just thought it was all weed. I didn't know really what it was. Um, So I started doing that. And it was something that gave me a tincture that was uh, made for a a young little boy who had like multiple seizures a day. So it was safe enough for a kid. It was something that I took. I took it every day. Um, And then that started my CBD journey. And uh, when I moved down to Georgia, I was actually going to open up another, a different type of uh, business. And I saw CBD was legal and that got me excited. And I started researching and I was like, I'm such a true believer in CBD uh, that I researched. And what I I started looking in January of 2020 and I opened in November of 2020. Awesome. 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 (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So full disclosure, and we talked about this in the pre-show before the show backstage. So I was not a believer, right? So I was very, very conservative, you know, had listened to all those commercials and things about marijuana being the gateway drug. And I just knew everybody's going to get addicted to drugs and all that kind of stuff. Um, But certainly as I've had patients that have come in to see me, we've talked about different effects that they've had, and we've had a little bit more literature um, come out. You know, I have definitely begun to see some of the benefits for some of the symptoms of patients with MS. And let's be reminded that CBD and products like THC, et cetera, are not products that affect um, the underlying autoimmune process to our knowledge, right? So those are different types of drugs, disease-modifying therapies that we're not going to talk about tonight. But certainly there are many symptoms that some people feel improved. And maybe as the research continues, we'll find out more things. Um, But I think it's so important for us to educate the MS community uh, because there's so much bad information and there are many people who don't understand the differences between medical marijuana, CBD, THC, et cetera. So let's kind of break that down and talk about like, what does it mean? What is CBD versus THC versus medical marijuana? Janine, you said you thought it was all weed at first. So (laughs) what's what? What's what? Break it down for us, girl. Break it down. I know. Well, for me, I mean, I'm not a doctor. You guys are okay. the doctors. Well, you start, you <laughs> but, start, and then we'll have Dr. Thor, yeah. Dr. Thor give uh, us the, the medical perspective. 
Okay. Um, I do know. So for CBD, CBD stands for cannabidiol. And it all, so CBD, correct me if I'm, um, I'm wrong, comes, can come from both the hemp plant and the marijuana side. And the marijuana side is the side that carries more THC. The hemp side doesn't carry as much THC. So that's the whole legal limit of only 0.3%. I want to say that, I believe that's federally legal in 50 states, states but um, every state has their own laws and counties have their own laws. So, you know, you have to go by what, what those laws are, but it's no more than 0.3% THC. That's coming from the hemp side of the plant. It doesn't give you a psychoactive effect. Um, when it comes from the marijuana side of the plant, um, it has, you get CBD, you can get CBD too, but it has more THC in it, um, which for places that don't have that marijuana being legal, um, is illegal because it's more than 0.3%. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, no, that's, like that's a, that's I'm, a I'm, good I'm start, class. right? So, <laughs> okay. so THC psychoactive, meaning the high, right? So, you know, yes. some people are concerned that that if they use any of the products that they will get the high from the products. Some people want the high um, and don't want to use products where they don't get it. Um, But certainly the difference, um, there are different products that have different ratios of those compounds and that kind of determines some of the effects or side effects that we see. What are your thoughts on it, uh, Dr. Thrower? Yeah, I think there has, there has been a lot of confusion. And so what I would do is step back and say, when we're talking about the plants, so you've got marijuana, pot, weed, whatever you want to call it, and you've got hemp, it's all cannabis. Those are all mm-hmm. in the, the, the genus cannabis. So what happened you know, over thousands of years is, is farmers were trying to grow a cannabis plant that had more of a thick stalk because they wanted to make rope and paper and things like that. They didn't mean to, but when they were breeding for that thicker stalk, what, what became hemp, they ended up really taking a lot of the genes out to make THC. So like Janine was saying, one of the big distinctions between uh, marijuana and hemp is the amount of THC that's produced. When you get into the marijuana plant, there used to be a lot of uh, distinction made between sativa and indica. Those were two of the, the, the species. It's probably not as important now because, you know, botanists have been crossbreeding these things and coming up with hybrids. So I would have people not get so hung up on what the name is. You know, if you go into a dispensary in California uh, and they have all these, these different brand names, what you need to do is treat these things just like a medication. Know what's in it. Know what you're putting in your body. Know that it's a, you know, a, a good quality product. And think about the, the ratios, like you were saying, of CBD to THC. And so those chemicals that we're thinking about that have potential beneficial effects or have potential side effects, those are called cannabinoids. And so there are about mm-hmm. 60 different cannabinoid chemicals in the cannabis plant. And so the two that we're most interested in are CBD and THC, but there are whole bunches of other ones. And then there are other chemicals also that we think might have potential benefit or potential side effects. Things like a class of chemicals called terpenes as, and as well. And we're just really starting to scratch the surface of what we know about the potential for all of these different uh, chemical classes. Absolutely. And the terpenes are responsible for the distinct smell. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. All right. Dr. Hicks has been doing her homework. I've been doing my homework. Yeah. So, you know, so again, I I love the fact that, you know, 
um, you know, you're saying there's a lot that we are learning, right? So this is not, a, you know, um, sometimes science takes a little bit to catch up with the experience. And so I think this is really what we're learning with the use of, you know, THC and CBD is that people are using it a lot more, uh, a lot more quickly than the scientific community has been able to do studies to really better understand it. Now, let's talk about the different forms that it takes, right? So again, when people think about uh, THC or think about, um, you know, marijuana or cannabis, they often think about people who smoke. But there are a lot of different forms. Janine mentioned something about a tincture. Um, there are edibles. Let's talk a little bit about kind of the different forms um, that people can, you know, uh, ingest or, uh, you know, use these compounds. We'll start with Janine. Okay. Um, so I know like basically what we have in the store and mainly we sell CBD because um, we don't have medical marijuana license and I'm not, it's not legal yet in Georgia, but um, CBD comes in like anything, you name it, it comes in it. So we have beauty products. There's a face cream that I use. There's under eye serum, there's um, bath bombs, there's soap, there's lotion. Um, I think I was telling you about the tincture. I tell customers when they come in, when you hear tincture, think of tongue because you can put it directly underneath your tongue. Um, we have, so my store is an American shaman store. So they have this nanotechnology that where they make it a water soluble. And that's, so the water soluble makes it more bioavailable when you ingest it. So you absorb um, around 100% of the CBD. And we try to truly educate customers on, because people often just say CBD oil. If it's based, if it's oil-based, you're losing a lot of the um, CBD because our bodies are what? Made up of 50% uh, water. So it bounces off our cells. So going back to answering your question before I go um, straight to the other side, um, there's tinctures, there's water solubles. I have topical cream. Um, there's gummies. There's um, carts. Um, carts are like vapes, the vape pens. Um, there's pre-rolls. There's flour. Um, there's capsules. There's oil. Mm -hmm. There's like a topical um, oil that you rub on. So it comes in a variety of different things. Oh, there's gum. There's chocolate, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know. Food. So, yeah. So, food, you know, so edibles, drink. food. I had somebody that was telling me about butter. Like, it was, yeah. they had butter, you know, that they put on their toast in the morning, right? So, 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 um, what are your thoughts, Dr. Thorne? How does somebody kind of navigate? Obviously, we would hope that someone would be able to talk to their doctor about things like this, but, you know, how does somebody kind of navigate um, or where do they kind of start when they're looking for information to learn more about the different forms and kind of what they, what they should or shouldn't be doing? So it, it is, a, I think, important that people treat these just like they would any medication. So think about what you're trying to accomplish with it. You know, are you trying to get something that gets into your system really quickly so that you get quick relief of a symptom? Or are you trying to get something that would last a little bit longer so maybe that it has a slower absorption, but it's going to stick around longer for you? And then I think in you know, stores like Janine's, you you want to deal with people who are very knowledgeable, who can give you some can, some guidance, can act like a, a guidance counselor. There's a lot of information online 
So we have a through the MS Focus. If you go on YouTube, you look at MS Focus slash Thrower. We have a, a cannabis lecture. There are all kinds of medical resources out there. On Facebook, there's a site called Georgia's Hope, which is a lot of uh, people dealing with different health conditions who have been you know great advocates and champions for getting some of our state laws passed. And these may might be individuals with MS. They might be moms and dads who, whose kids have epilepsy or other conditions that are being treated with, with cannabis products. So there's sometimes people have to do a little research, but there's a lot of information out there. Uh, and you just have to kind of throw yourself in and, and try to get as much, much knowledge as you can in this, on this topic. So thinking about what topics, right, not what topics, but what conditions, right, traditionally um, you, you know, when we think about, um, you know, medical marijuana, you know, we used to think about everybody who had cancer, right? So the only thing that used to be approved for was people had cancer or terminal disease and had severe pain. But certainly we've seen that expand drastically. We know that MS is one of those conditions that um, medical marijuana can be approved for. What other conditions, um, you know, uh, is uh, are the cannabinoids used for and then you know i want to talk specifically about what symptoms related to ms um could potentially uh, have some benefit based on whatever research or evidence we have so we'll start with what what conditions kind of a wide variety of conditions janine you said autoimmune uh, we know uh neuropathic pain um there have been some studies that talk about spasticity related to ms um you know so a lot of different things but we don't have a lot of research really to kind of back that up and I don't, you know, so Dr. Um, ben, I mean, you could probably yeah. speak on it a little bit more, but I know just when folks coming in the store and things that we know um, where people are finding relief and where I found relief, where my partners found relief, he's, he's he doesn't have MS, but he has anxiety. Um, so in, in coming out of this, well, if we're coming out of this pandemic, there's a lot of stress and anxiety, a lot of folks coming in with sleep issues. Um, pain, pain's a big thing. The spasticity, like you said, you know, we're careful of saying like, if it's for autoimmune or I have a lot of cancer patients that come in, um, everybody's different and they got to find what works for them and what dose works for them. That's why I always try to educate anybody who's interested in CBD or, or take CBD, whether you're a a beginner or, you know, an expert is to make sure you go and talk with somebody who can, 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 um, talk to you about an educate who is knowledgeable about it. Whether if you're going into a store or going to a, talking to your doctor, um, cause there's so many products out there right now and it's not regulated. And, um, we have so many people who come in and say they got their stuff on, on online and it didn't work. And I'm like, well, where'd you get it from? What, what was it? And they don't even know. Or they'll say that they got it from Amazon. If you got it from Amazon, it's not CBD. CBD Amazon does not Amazon does not sell CBD. But you can Google, you can put it in there, and all this stuff will come up. But if you really read it, you'll you'll see. You got to look to see what's actually in the things that you're buying. If that answers Absolutely. your question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and kind of going back to the fact that you do have to think about it like you would think about medication. Um, and I like what you were talking about, um, Dr. Thoreau, when you were talking about, you know, thinking about what you want to accomplish. So, you know, looking at some of the research that's related to MS, you know, there have been some studies that have looked at spasticity um, that suggested that people felt improvement in their spasticity, spasms, um, you know, spasticity, meaning uh, people can have symptoms like cramping of their 
their muscles. Sometimes they feel a tightness around their muscles. The MS hug would be a form of spasticity. And so the study suggests that people felt improvement, but when they went to the doctor, they necessarily didn't see, they didn't necessarily see a difference in their exam. Um, also, there are some studies looking at neuropathic pain with MS, um, nerve pain, whether it's burning or tingling, as well as looking at things like bladder issues. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what we know about symptoms of MS related to cannabis and how it may or may not help those symptoms. Yeah, I think you hit the big three. So there's, there's evidence out there in multiple sclerosis for using cannabinoid products, CBD, THC products for the spasms and spasticity for the central neuropathic pain. And then with the bladder, it tends to be the overactive bladder. So it's the urinary frequency and urgency. Those spasticity studies are really interesting because like you said, what so for you and I as neurologists, we use something called the Ashworth scale to measure spasticity and, and what it looks like objectively. Most of the, the trials of cannabinoids for spasticity and spasms, the person with MS said, yeah, I feel better. My life's better. I'm having fewer spasms. But when we measured it on the Ashworth scale, we didn't see it. What it kind of the question that that kind of raises is, what are we measuring, and are we measuring the right thing? Maybe we're Absolutely. looking at the wrong thing. And so people clearly felt better. Some of the best studies that have been done uh, are with a product that will probably get FDA approval here in the United States soon, called Sativex or Nabixamols. So Nabixamols is a one-to-one CBD THC sublingual spray made by a pharmaceutical company, but it is, it's, a, it's a natural product. It's a one-to-one CBD to THC. They've done 14 studies to date. They have a bunch going on right now in the United States. And what those studies showed is that people with MS reported anywhere from a 42 to an 83% reduction in their spasms and spasticity. People felt better. What was also important is they didn't have a lot of side effects. They were not seeing a lot of sedation and, and drowsiness like we sometimes see with, with the medicines that we traditionally use, like baclofen and tizanidine prescriptions. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that our, our folks with MS know that and we, it, we think of these as symptom management. Uh, we don't think of these as changing the course of your MS. It's really tempting to think that we might be able to use cannabinoids to change the course of MS. Everything about cannabinoids says that they're anti-inflammatory. Every cell in our immune system has a a CB2 receptor, a cannabinoid receptor Mm -hmm. on it that is anti-inflammatory. But like you mentioned earlier, we've not been able to prove it today. We've not been able to show that in spite of this this, uh, system in the human body that looks so interesting and so anti-inflammatory, we've not been able to show that you could actually change the course of MS. So so for right now, we are thinking of it as managing those three symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and again, I think it's key. You said we don't know that yet. Right. So, again, you know, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. There's still a lot that we need to understand. What were you going to say, Janine? No, I was just going to speak on somebody with MS who's used um, even just on the the medical marijuana side, the, the heavier stuff and the CBD. Yeah, it is like it's what I've experienced is the management of of the disease. Um as far as like with the spasticity and, and things being less in like brain fog, I know I would have a lot of um, brain fog um, or um, I don't know if it's an MS thing, but like it, like restlessness, trying to sleep or whatnot. But in doing the, 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 the cannabis, anything, any form um, really helped that a lot and gave me a better, much better quality of life. 
Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, we know that if we've seen one person with MS, we've seen one person with MS. So everybody, (laughs) you know, is different. That's my favorite saying, right? So everybody is different, but I think that it's important to be open to different potential solutions, you know, and the information we have about cannabis and the cannabinoid system in our bodies is much more than what we had, you know, even 10 or 20 years ago. And the different types of products and the way that they affect people are much different. Um, You know, and much to uh, Dr. Ben's point, you know, when we think about what we measure in the clinic, MS is a very dynamic disease, you know, and I always tell people, you're always doing great when you come to the doctor, right? But when you go home and it's not a 10 o'clock at night, it's a whole different story, you know? So we're also dealing with a very dynamic disease that can change throughout the course of the day and symptoms can change throughout the course of the day. So if people say that 80% of them feel 80% better, then we should believe them and try to see how we can we can help them. Um, now let's talk about side effects. So again, you know, you said with the um, medication that's seeking approval, Dr. Thrower, that, um, you know, they didn't see a lot of side effects, but let's talk about side effects because I feel like we always need to be balanced, right? I don't want everybody going out and say, man, this CBD is not going to cause any issues. I'm just going to go out and do it up and I'm never going to have any problems, right? So, you know, again, certainly the side effects may be less than what we see with some of our traditional medicines, like our muscle relaxants that often put people to sleep or cause interference with their issues. But there can be some side effects to using some of these different products, especially um, if they have a higher THC component. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that is really, really important. And so probably the most common side effects that we would see would be would be drowsiness if, if we uh, get a sensitive individual or we get the dose too high. It, although we think of the, of the cannabinoids as, as, as being anti-anxiety, uh, if you get too much and get it too quickly, you can have the opposite effect. You can actually have anxiety and paranoia. And some people, it's a pretty miserable side effect to, to have. We worry a little bit about cognitive side effects. There was a study in the multiple sclerosis world where they took a group of individuals who were using daily amounts of cannabis, probably pushing into the more recreational higher amounts. And in one of the half of the group, they had them just keep on doing what they were doing. The other half, they had them stop for a month. They did cognitive testing in the whole group at the beginning of the study and in a month later. What they found a month later is that the group that stopped their cannabis products had improvements in their cognition. The group that was still using their cannabis products, they were still not, they still had some, some issues with their, their memory and whatnot. So if you get to the higher doses in individuals who are sensitive, you can see cognitive side effects. I think one that we're seeing more in emergency rooms around the country as the states have been legalizing uh, cannabis in different forms, is something called a hyperemesis syndrome. So hyper, normally we think of, of uh, cannabinoids as having anti-nausea effects. This, mm-hmm. again, is one of those paradoxical opposite reactions where if you use it too much or you get the dose too high, you can have some really ugly nausea and vomiting, and it lasts mm-hmm. for hours. These people will end up in the emergency room. They're usually dehydrated. The, the sad thing is they don't respond very well to the usual things we give you for nausea in the emergency room, your Thinergans and Zofrans. Pretty much you just have to hydrate and ride it out. Um, but but you know, it's something just to be aware of. It's just not to say that you know it should scare people away. But like you were saying, think of it like medication. With every good, there's always a p- potential bad as well. Mm-hmm. 
And what about, I've seen a couple of reports recently about psychosis, right, which does not happen commonly, but if someone is possibly at risk to have psychosis, if they've had it in the past, psychosis meaning, um, you know, uh, a cognitive or mental issue where you may be confused, you may be having hallucinations, um, you know, you may need to be hospitalized for that. Uh, tell us, uh, what have you seen any studies about that? Yeah, so what's interesting is when you look at how, in particular THC, how it's absorbed into the brain, THC has very different effects in different areas of the brain at different concentrations. And all of our brains work a little bit differently. So you may have individuals that just because of the way their brain is wired and how that THC is absorbed and what part of the brain it's going to, you could have individuals who are really prone to psychosis and paranoia at a dose that someone else might find to have no side effects. Um, there's even been some, some suggestion that within individuals, the mood that they're in when they take these different products may help determine what sort of uh, effect they have at a, at a given time. Most of these things that we're talking about with the more significant side effects are more of a THC side effect. The CBD products like Janine is, is working with in her store, that side effect risk is really, really low. I can honestly say I don't... Uh, you know, most of the CBD products, you could be a little bit more uh, aggressive with your dosing there. And I, mm-hmm. worse, I've seen uh, just drowsiness with those. I've not seen yeah. the hyperemesis syndrome with CBD. I've not seen psychosis or paranoia with, with pure CBD products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. So now let's switch gears and let's talk about the law. Okay. You know, so there's so much confusion. Um, and really this is a moving target. Like learning about CBD and the laws is almost like learning about COVID. It's like, it seems, feels like every week or every couple of weeks, you know, whatever I say is outdated. So we are here in Georgia. Um, so let's talk about kind of the laws and the legality in Georgia um, surrounding use of CBD, THC products, mer- medical marijuana, et cetera. So um, like Janine was saying, uh, the CBD products with 0.3% THC or less are legal in all 50 states. There, there's no issue with that. Where you have to know what your local laws are, are with the, the products that have more THC. So in the state of Georgia, we do have the low THC registry. So if people can go online at the Georgia, Georgia Department of Public Health, look up low THC registry, and the 16 health conditions that are included in that registry are on the website. So multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, you know, autism, uh, certain types of pediatric epilepsy, uh, a lot of different pain syndromes, cancer. These are all on that list. What your physician is doing, if they uh, put you in that registry, is they are certifying that you have one of those health conditions. They are not prescribing it. All your physician is doing is saying you're going to get a card from the Department of Public Health saying that you can possess CBD oil with 5% THC. The the Georgia law is very specific. It can be a tincture. It can be an oil. can't be the plant material. can't be something that's going to be smoked. Uh, It's just the oral uh, oil or tincture by mouth, 5% THC. You get that card from the Department of Public Health. Now is where the law gets a little weird. There is nowhere in the state of Georgia to legally buy that. And so this past Saturday, the state legislature, I'm sorry, two Saturdays ago, the state legislature awarded six licenses 
to six grower manufacturers. These will be the, the companies that are growing cannabis to produce that 5% THC oil to be sold in the state of Georgia. They will be allowed to run uh, dispensaries. So at that point, the person who has their card is gonna take that card into one of these dispensaries and hopefully get some education and guidance and be able to purchase one of these products at, at that point. Patients are being very creative right now. Just because it's not legally available in the state of Georgia doesn't mean people aren't getting it. So that there right. are, people, people are, are definitely getting it. Getting it. They're they definitely, definitely getting, getting it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where our law is at right now. Um, you know, we're hopeful that as these dispensaries get up and running, that it's going to bring the price down some as you get a little competition between these different companies. Because right now, I'd say our average person with MS is probably spending about $200 a month, if not more. And that's not always doable for everybody. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Janine, uh, something you mentioned earlier kind of stuck out with, to me when you were talking about um, people ordering things off of different websites and not knowing what's in it. So what advice would you give to people about um, how to go about looking for different products? Should they just try to find some place where they can go in person, um, you know, as you know, from the patient side and as a person trying to navigate all of this when you started your journey, what advice would you give uh, to folks and what maybe falls would you want them to avoid that maybe you you did? Um, I definitely would say research. If you can research, um, try and research the products that you're looking at or, or stores or where you're going to be getting, um, ordering it from. Um, but if you have the ability, go to a store that is like a CBD store because they normally are the ones that are well versed in CBD, the products, and they can help gear you in the right direction um, and find. Um, uh, how you can take your CBD, what you prefer, what works with you, kind of go back and um, forth. Like I also, I was telling you before, like on our products, I don't know if you can see it, it has a QR code. So if you get um, order products, you want to look for a QR code because that means it's third-party tested. You want to make sure it's third-party tested where you can scan that code it comes up with the test so you can see exactly what's in that product and they're not just selling you a bunch of crap <laughs> um, and saying it's got all this CBD or THC in it and it really doesn't. It helps because it's not, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Ben, it's not really, it's not regulated. So folks are, people are getting the CBD at, coming to my store saying they got it at the gas station. I'm like, don't buy your CBD at the gas no. station. Yeah, that's not a good idea. No. <laughs> Just buy gas and snacks at the gas station. Exactly. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, and I think that's so important because, you know, I was reading a couple of um, papers that were talking about how, you know, because there's not regulation, there may be some products where there's, well, most of them, there's less active compound than what they say and a couple of there was more THC than what they thought. Um, but are there any moves, um, Dr. Thoreau, towards regulation or, you know, do people just have to try to find a good source through word of mouth, et cetera? Um, or is there any move toward any type of regulation? Yeah, I think those QR codes that Janine was, was referring to are, are hugely important for right now. 
what we ultimately need to have is we need to have all cannabis products taken off the schedule one list at the DEA level. That will fix a lot of this stuff. So right mm-hmm. now, THC is listed as a schedule one drug right up there with cocaine and heroin and methamphetamine ecstasy. as having mm-hmm. ecstasy, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Um, yeah. You know, I think we're getting closer. I think having this uh, Sativex drug that we mentioned, you know, for that drug to get FDA approval, THC has to be taken off the DEA list. I think so that'll push that. The same company that makes Sativex uh, makes another product called Epidiolex. It's just CBD uh, for, for pediatric epilepsy. But at the time that drug was being tested, CBD was still listed on the DEA list. So they had to take mm-hmm. CBD off of the off of that list for the for Epidiolex to get FDA approval. So it's it's moving. But I think to fix the problem, we really need federal legislation. Every law in every state, including our Georgia Georgia laws regarding THC, are technically in direct violation of the federal law. If you got an overzealous, you know, Department of Justice that wanted to say, you know what, I don't care if you have MS, I don't care if your child has epilepsy, they could come in and start, you know, prosecuting people for doing what's legal in their state. Thank God we've not seen that or any interest in it. I think we're moving the other direction, thankfully. Yeah. And Sativex is approved in Europe. Is that right? In some places in Europe? Correct. Sativex is approved in 23 other countries right now. So we know it works. It's been around forever. We're just, Mm -hmm. we had to jump through so many hoops at Shepherd Center to do the Sativex study. We had to get a special waiver from the DEA. We had 10 DEA agents coming through and doing background checks and fingerprinting us and all these things that we could get. And then we had to get a special waiver from the state of Georgia to be designated as a research pharmacy. So so there were a lot of hoops to jump through and, and yeah, I think once if we can get through all this federal, you know, mess of, of where they're categorizing THC, it's going to make life a lot better. And it's going to make things safer for individuals using you know, cannabinoid products because people want good consumer guidance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we certainly as a medical community need to make sure that we're doing our homework so that we can also provide some guidance for our patients as well. Um, well, This has been an amazing discussion. Uh, We will pause for the cause. And if folks want to ask questions, please feel free to drop them in the chat. Um, You know, we're happy to answer any questions. Um, You know, I feel like this conversation is so valuable and it's one of those topics that folks don't talk about very much, um, but certainly is needed um, in the MS community. So kind of as we're closing, um, you know, what are some tips that you would give to people? I know we've talked a little bit about making sure people do their research, trying to go, um, you know, to a store in person to talk to someone, you know, if your doctor is knowledgeable, talking to your doctor. I think also one other thing to be aware of is that um, some cannabinoids can possibly interfere with medications. Like if people take warfarin, like a blood thinner, you know, um, it could affect um, the ability for that to work. So, you know, make sure that if you are using these products that you do let your medical doctor know so that they can just briefly look over your medication list. There aren't a lot of interactions, but we certainly, again, want to make sure that we're 
um, not cavalier um, in saying that there may not be any interactions with your other medicines or any potential side effects. So make sure you talk to your doctor. Um, and I, my patients are usually pretty open. I don't know about you, Dr. Throne, but they're usually pretty open. Um, you know, there's not as much stigma as there used to be. So they tell me, you know, if they use THC or CBD. Um, so just make sure, you know, it used to be like, Dr. Yeah, Williams, right. you know, but now they're like, yeah, girl, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. So, you know, make sure you have that conversation and open communication with your doctor. Um, so that we can make sure that we're looking at your med list and, and you know, telling you about any potential interactions. So, um, you know, I see someone in the chat ask, what options do people have in Wilmington, North Carolina? So I'm not familiar with the laws in North Carolina. Um, you know, maybe one place to go would be to look at the public health department, which, you know, Dr. Thor, you talked about the registry there. Um, so maybe looking at the public health department. Um, are there any websites that you all would recommend uh, for people to kind of get started in this journey? There is a site called NORML, N-O-R-M-L, uh, which if people just Google that, it's an acronym uh, that deals a lot with, with medical marijuana legislation. And if you live in a state, so North Carolina does not have any current laws on the books. South Carolina does not. Uh, Alabama does not. Florida does. Florida is actually a little ahead of, of the state of Georgia. You know, everything that we did in the state of Georgia was driven by people dealing with different health conditions. The MS community, the, the community of parents with children with epilepsy and autism and mitochondrial disorders, that's what speaks to your state legislators. You know, you get in there, you know, the, the state legislators don't want to see an army of, of mo angry moms and dads coming at them. Um, so, so, you know, if you live in a state where this is important to you and you don't have laws in the books, you, you, we're the ones who are going to make this happen. Absolutely. Um, any uh, resources that you have to recommend, Janine? Any resources? Uh, uh huh. Or well, websites that you recommend people go to? You can go to my website. What's um, <laughs> <laughs> so, your website, girl? Tell them your website. I, my website is CBD Smyrna, S, M as in Mary, Y, R, N as in Nancy, A, G, A dot com. So that site, actually, you'll see like my background and whatnot. And when you click on shop, it'll take you to American Shaman. And American Shaman's site has um, a wealth of information. They have a wealth of, um, they'll often post things if they tell about the legislations or whatnot, if they need folks to write in or to get start getting things passed. Um, they're very active on that. And then um, all of our our COAs, which are our certificates of analysis are on there. So folks can start to see what products, what, what those, what those tests look like and what they should be looking for in, um, in their CBD products. Um, sort of big resources. I know a book that I started reading, um, when I came to Georgia, right before I was going to open the store, which I thought was very helpful was, um, Healing, I think it's Healing and CBD. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. It's a, got a blue cover. It was, mm -hmm. it had so much information from like the beginning of time. I think they said CBD actually has been used since like 1100 BC and just breaking down all the stuff on a level for someone like me, where I'm not very, um, you know, I don't, I don't have all the medical terms or anything like that. It made it more understandable to, to just somebody with MS wanting to learn a little bit more about CBD. So there's tons of books out there. That was a book that I would recommend. Um, there's, there's tons of websites. Um, and you can always call. 
like for me, I'm always open. You can always call me, email me or whatnot. I'm, I'm, my, my thing is education. I'm, I've got, I got into it because of the benefits that I, I saw personally with somebody who has MS. Awesome. Awesome. And I put those websites in the chat. The normal was N-O-R-M-L. I was uh, trying to look for normal.com <laughs> and I found the town of normal, uh, oh, no. <laughs> which is in Wisconsin and lots of other things aside from uh, the thing that you said. Well, anyway, this has been an amazing discussion. Thank you all so much um, for um, your time and for your expertise and providing your experience. Um, and I really, really hope that people got something out of this show and will be able to kind of go back, um, do their own research. It sounds like a lot of the key points were do your research, make sure you talk to someone who's knowledgeable, whether it's in the store, whether it's your healthcare provider, um, look for those QR codes if you're going to buy something um, and don't buy at the gas station. So uh, with that, (laughs) I will wish everyone an amazing and wonderful night. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Brain Chat. We will see you in two weeks. Same bet time, same bet channel. All right. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you.